Welcome everyone, Dave here with another Blabbermalt production. Before we get started, please like, follow, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you never miss one of our episodes or videos. Today I'm bringing you something special and a little bit different. A few weeks back, I brewed up an Oktoberfest beer for the Gravel Bar Yacht Club in Marblehead. We served it at their Oktoberfest celebration. It was a Marzen-style fest beer, and I thought you guys might be interested in checking out the process and seeing some of the equipment that I use uh, while making it. Before we jump into the brew day, let's take a look at the recipe. Okay, we are in Beersmith 3 here. This is a computer-based software suite that allows brewers to develop, tweak, curate, and share beer recipes. If you look over here, this is kind of the main menu where you keep your recipes uh, that are on this computer. I also have some up in the cloud. You have your profiles, ingredients, and different tools that help you measure and uh, determine how and uh, what you want to do to change your beer recipes. There are other software suites that are available. This is the one I like. This is the one I've used. Uh, there are also web-based suites that do the same thing that are a little more simple. Uh, but this is just the one I use. And I probably should do a full video because this software is very powerful. But uh, for this, we're just going to just touch on some things real lightly. Here's the Oktoberfest recipe. So I'm going to go ahead and open that now. You can see up here across the top, this will have tabs that are open. And this grows as you open up more things and you can jump back and forth across you know, all the tabs you have open. So in this main work area, you have a couple different sections worth noting. This is where you record the name of the beer and the batch size, the brew date, what version, your mash house efficiency, and what brewing profile you're using. Down here we have the style of beer that we've chosen for today. And you can see we have the Marzen style selected. And if I open up the style, we get a nice little uh, overview of the beer. And you can see, gives you a little de description here. This is a German amber lager with a rich, clean, toasty, and bready malt flavor. It will also give you typical ingredients used for this style. So this is mostly German with an emphasis on Munich malts. So I'm going to go ahead and close this. And we're back in the main view here. And for this style, you can see I do have, I am kind of on the higher end here for the bitterness. And as you change these styles, these sliders will move, um, or the, uh, the ranges will move rather, and the sliders will move based on the ingredients up here that you choose. So we can see I do have Munich malt as part of the grain bill. 
I've also chosen some Vienna malt, which is very similar to Munich malt. It is a little bit lighter in color, but it gives you a little more variety on the flavor of the beer, a little more complexity. Also, the Kara Munich 2 is a German style Munich beer, but it will add a little more copper color and a little more caramely flavor to the beer and will also help with the head retention. This little bit of chocolate malt here is not going to really make the beer chocolatey per se, but at a 350 SRM, it is going to bitter or I'm sorry, darken up the beer a little bit. And this little graph here will give you a kind of a facsimile of what the color of the beer is going to be like after it's brewed. Now here we have the hops that I selected. Now Willamette hops are grown in the Pacific Northwest, so they're not traditional German noble hops. Those would be Saas, Tetnang, Hollertau, Fogel, uh, probably a few others I can't recall off the top of my head. But the Willamette is an American hop that's very similar, and it is uh, I think it's appropriate uh, for this type of beer. Then we have the yeast. We have the Lutrich Vike, which I have mentioned in the past on the show that I kind of waited too long to do a traditional um, classic lager. But this Lutrich Vike ferments hotter and faster, so this will give us a chance to still ferment a nice clean beer, but do it a little bit faster so we can have it ready for the party. The other work areas in this recipe are the starter, water, mash, time, session, notes, and volumes tabs. I'm going to go ahead and click over here to the starter, and we can see that if you're going to use a starter, this gives you some guidance. So we used a one and a half liter starter with the gravity being 1.040 and I did use a stir plate so this will show you how many billion cells will be in that starter which is what we need in the next part of the video I'm going to show you the day before the brew day how I created the starter and pitch the yeast so it would be ready to go for the following brew day. Now I'm going to click back over to the timer section. And this will give you, this has a mash timer. So during the brew day, you run this timer and it will cue you with uh, alerts as when you're going to mash in and when you're going to mash out. Similarly, we have a boil timer that once you get into the boil kettle, you run this timer and it will show you at what times you're going to add hops, how much, and which hops to add. Now I'll click back over on the mash work area and this will show us the steps to mash in and mash out how much water we add and to what temperature we heat it to. 
It also gives you a nice graphic representation of the rise time, the mash time, mash out rise time, and your mash out duration and temperature. I'm going to click back over to the design tab here. and click the brew steps. And I like to print this out on a piece of paper as the brew house is humid and there's a lot of water splashing around. So I don't like to have the computer like super close to where I'm working. Now this will give us some vital statistics on the beer and then it goes chronologically and what you're supposed to do before the brew day, this is our mash ingredients, the volumes of water we add, how much water we sparge with after the mash is over and transfer to the boil kettle. Then it will also give us our hop table with the times we're gonna add all those. And then cool down to our fermentation temperature, add additional water, to get our 12 gallons and pitch our yeast and let it go. So that is a real brief look at Beersmith and how I kind of design the beers and set them up to brew them. Now that we've looked at that, we're gonna go ahead and jump in to the brew day, starting with the day before creating the yeast starter. So this is the day before we're going to brew and I have my yeast starter here. We just boiled this small portion of wort for 10 minutes uh, to kill any you know, bacteria or stray yeast. And this is a flask that's been soaking in a sanitizing solution for about 15 minutes. We're just going to pour this very hot wort into the flask. And I'm working with these gloves that were also sanitized just so we can minimize any transfer of any yeast or bacteria that we don't want to grow up for us. This is also star sand. Spray that. Now, since this is hot, if we put the yeast directly in there, we would kill it. So I have an ice bath. And we're just gonna chill this down to right around our fermentation temperature. And this is a Lutra Kvike yeast. It ferments very hot. So we're gonna chill this down just about 85 degrees. And we'll give that a little bit of time check back in on it. Okay, it's been about 10 minutes and this is cooled down to, I would say maybe 85 to 90 degrees. So what we're gonna do here, we've got this uh, yeast starter. I'm gonna kind of mix it up, make sure the slurry is evenly dispersed. 
to open this up. I don't really need the scissors, but I had them out sanitized anyway. Take this off. Again, working with the gloves. Minimize contamination. Try not to spill this. And just introduce that culture into the prepared wart we have. Smells pretty good. Now this is a stir, a magnetic stir bar. Just gonna drain off. I had it sitting in some uh, sanitizer. And I'm gonna slip this down in there. Come on, baby. There we go. Give it a little swizzle. And then I'm gonna take you over and show you I have a little stir plate we're gonna put this on. The stir plate will kind of bring in a little oxygen and stir up the culture so we can get it, uh, you know, get it grown up as big as we can before we pitch it in the main wart tomorrow. So let's go put it on the stir plate. So this is my little stir plate and all this is inside this enclosure is a computer fan with two magnets on it. So now I have to kind of get that magnet we put in there, that stir bar, kind of lined up and then kind of slide it and then we'll just turn it on. You can see as it starts turning, that'll just stir up the culture and just give us that many more cells when we're ready to pitch tomorrow. So this is probably the greatest thing ever. This is my serial killer grain mill that used to be a hand crank that my dad rigged up a little DC motor to. And we can just start up and grind the grain, walk away and do other stuff. getting ready to mash in here what we have this top pot is what we call the hot liquor tank and we heat water to uh, right now it's at 163 degrees and this is the mash ton this is at 75 degrees the ton and the grain um, 163 eight and a quarter gallons to about 30 pounds of grain. This will equilibrate to about 152, which is our mash temperature. So we just open up this valve. Hot water starts coming in. Once we have enough hot liquor in there, we'll take a temperature reading and start timing the mash. 
So we're in the mash now and uh, do a little Vorloft here. If you can see this little red float kind of gives you a, a gallon per minute or a liter per minute that you're running at. I like to keep it a little bit over one. And you can see it's pretty cloudy right now as I crank up the pump, it goes up. And then sometimes it gets stuck. There we go, you can see the particulates moving through there. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But that'll clear up as we filter through the grain bed. Um, so we're just drawing off the bottom of the kettle in there, going down through the pump, coming up, going to the left here. And then putting the liquor back on top of the grain bill or the grain bed. Now what I'm gonna do here is turn this Blickman to auto. And you can see the red number is the temperature it's coming out of. It's measuring it right here. And we're set to 152 as our mash temperature. So it'll fire, uh, the solenoid will open up and it'll spark and heat the water, or the liquor coming off the bottom and uh, put it back on top. So you can see the temperature's rising here. Uh, we have another 45 minutes to go in the mash and uh, just doing it this way will keep the temperature consistent and do the Vorloff at the same time. So when we're ready to transfer the boil kettle, we'll be, we'll be clear and ready to go. Okay, so we mashed for an hour here. Um, I set the temperature to 168, let it rise for five minutes and 10 minutes. So this mashes out denatures the enzymes that are breaking down the sugars. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and set this to reset so that won't fire anymore. I'm gonna turn the pump off for a second. So, I'll set here. I'm gonna take this off because we're not gonna recirculate it anymore. Connect up this to our HLT. This is heated to 168 as well. Now I'm gonna switch this valve over this way. So we're still coming off of the mash ton and it's coming up here. We're going through this ingenious gadget that my dad designed and we're bypassing the plate chiller and we're going right in to the boil kettle. So I'll restart the pump. And bring it over here. Get a look inside the boil kettle there. We're collecting now. I'm just gonna take a little sample of our runnings. Here. 
instead of recirculating, we're going into the boil kettle. We're going to collect about 14 gallons here, and uh, when we boil, it'll boil down to about 12. And uh, we're going for a 10 gallon batch, so we're going to lose a little at a few steps along the way. But that's okay, that's why we sized the batch the way we did. Have to check in here in the mash tun. The level's getting lower. And we open up this valve and we'll start running a little clear hot water into the top of the grain bed to kind of rinse all that sugar and get it into the boil kettle. I don't want to splash too much. Try not to introduce oxygen if we can help it at this point. We'll probably run about eight gallons into here. But we'll just keep an eye on this and just keep clear water on top. And uh, we'll check back in with you when the uh, boil kettle's full. Here's the chief quality control officer of the brewery doing what she does best. How's the brew day going, Nikki? That's what I thought. Good girl. So we drained the mash tun. Everything is now over in the boil kettle. We were a little bit shy, so I just added some water from the hot liquor tank to bring it up to 14 gallons. And we lit the fire, and once it starts boiling, we'll add our hops. While we're waiting for the kettle to boil, let's take a look around the brewery. Here's a look at the yeast starter while it was in full carousing before we added it. Then we're looking at the mash temperature and we hit the strike target at 152 on the money. This is a barrel that my friend Eric Gibb let me borrow and we put a couple beers in it and uh, a barley wine is in there right now. Here's a sample of what it looked like on this particular brew day. And here's uh, where we're taking a sample of the gravity. Measuring out some hops for our first edition. And no brew day would be complete without cleaning kegs from previous batches. Shameless plug, we'll look at a couple of medals from past uh, winners. And some more medals. And a couple labels I designed for previous beers that were worthy of putting labels on. Now let's jump back into the brew day. Okay, we are boiling now. Got some hops. It's gonna jump up when I add these. Have to be careful. Oh, here we go. Oh, that was close. 
I'm going to give it a stir. to watch me struggle with tri clamps that was fun so i'm just going to go over some of the connections we have here uh, up on top this big hole this is where the uh, cooling coil will go we'll put that in later uh, this is just a little connector for pressure and put co2 on it this will be the blow-off tube goes down we'll run this into a bucket of sanitizer and we have a valve on there so we can close it and put pressure we just have a blank right here, sampling port down here. Uh, this is uh, the thermal well. Uh, this will control, the controller will sit here and it will control the cooling coils and the heat blanket that's underneath the neoprene right here. Uh, this is the transfer. It's got a dip tube that is in the same orientation as this arm right here inside. Could see well you can't see i got sanitizer in there right now and then over here is the dump valve so we can uh, drop the yeast when we're done fermenting and that's all there is to that okay we're at the end of the boil we're going to whirlpool a little bit here so we're going to come out the bottom here we're going to open this whirlpool port and that sends the wart in on a tangent and will spin the wart. So just turn the pump on. And just spin the wart a little bit. And that'll just make all the stuff that dropped out, the trub and the uh, hop particles, they'll settle out right in the middle so we can draw off, send it to the fermenter. Okay, so now the boil is over, the whirlpool is over. And what we're gonna do now is we're getting ready to transfer from the boil kettle to the fermenter. We have all the valves closed on this thing, which is important so you don't run it on the floor. And what's going to happen here is we're going to come out of the boil kettle, go to the pump, comes up, goes through the valve system here. We're going to send it through the plate chiller. The work goes that way and we have a cold ice water bath and the water goes the other way. Uh, and the heat exchanger takes this from 200 degrees. Um, we're going to shoot for 85 on here. So we got the valve open. We have the throttle going. We're just going to turn the pump on. And the gear starts coming up. And we throttle this back. 
can see the temperature is dropping because the cold water is taking the heat right here. And I'll write it. We can speed up the flow a little bit because we're getting below 80. This is going to chill it really quick. Um, this Kvike yeast ferments optimally right around 80, 85 degrees. So this is a real hot fermentation. See right around 80. I'm going to speed it up even more. I'll be here soon. Alright, check back in uh, when we have it all transferred over. Okay, so we have all the work transferred over. We got it all sealed up. We pitched the yeast, oxygenated. So, I left this valve open and uh, just ran that silicone tube into a bucket of uh, sanitizing solution so when it starts fermenting it can off gas and start bubbling there. We have the controller set here. Uh, we have it set to 82, it's uh, 83.6 right now. So it says it's working but it's flashing so it usually waits a little bit before it starts running the pump. Um, what happens is we have a cold water bath here and it will pump cold water into that coil. Uh, send it in this way, coils down, comes out to the reservoir. If the ward is too hot, if it gets too cold, uh, there's a heat blanket under the neoprene jacket and uh, plugged in right here and it'll turn that on. So it'll keep us within two degrees either way of 82. So this should ferment completely out with that Kvike yeast in about three to four days. So really fast, kind of a fake Marzen style beer, but it's gonna be good. So this is one day after brew day and we pitched the yeast at right around 81 degrees. And you can see we're uh, perking away pretty good. So that is a good sign. We'll check back in. Okay, so uh, we brewed last Monday. This is uh, the following Tuesday. So we're gonna take a little sample here to see what our gravity's at. Pour a little out. 
see, and that is in the, you can see on the hydrometer, there's a little, the little green zone is kind of like the finished beer gravity. So we are looking pretty good. I'm gonna end up turning the temp down a little bit. We're at 84 degrees. I'll probably turn that down to room temperature and uh, let this sit a couple days until uh, I have some time to keg it off. But um, um, I taste a little bit and it's tasting pretty clean. I think this is gonna be a pretty good fake Marzen style for the uh, Gravel Bar Yacht Club party. Uh, we're going to call it Doctoberfest. So there you go. Okay, we're back at the brewery today. We're going to transfer the beer from the fermenter into these two kegs. So what I've done, I filled this keg with a sanitizing solution. We let it sit to uh, kill any bacteria or you know wild yeast that's going to spoil the beer. Got it sealed up. We have the uh, gas going in here, and this is the liquid side coming out. Just gonna connect those. And I just have a little bit of pressure, and we're gonna push all this liquid out of here into this other keg, and then we're gonna do the same thing. And push the liquid out of this keg into a bucket after it's sealed. And then we'll have the keg sanitized and pressurized with mostly CO2. And then we'll transfer it from the fermenter by pushing CO2 into the fermenter. So we'll have beer that uh, you know has not had any contact with oxygen, which is what we want to keep it fresh as long as possible. All right. Okay, now we have these kegs are completely evacuated and pressurized. Now, since I can't see how much beer is in there, we have to weigh it. So empty, these kegs weigh about 9.4 pounds and with five gallons in them, they weigh 47 pounds. So I have some pressure hooked onto the fermenter right here. We're gonna Connect this up to the out port, that's the liquid port. There we go. Now we're just going to open up this valve and beer should start flowing. There we go. We'll just do this for both kegs and we'll be all ready for the party. We had a beautiful fall day in Marblehead for the Gravel Bar Yacht Club Doctoberfest party with bright skies and only a slight chill in the air. We tapped Doctoberfest and another beer I brewed, which was a raspberry Saison, on my jockey box, which is essentially a cooler with stainless steel coils running through ice water to chill the beer. The Yacht Club decorated their mobile tiki bar for the event. Here's Bill Zimlick, the unofficial mayor of Gravel Bar, getting ready to take us out on the hayride. Here's my buddy Nebo and I after more than a couple Doctoberfests. And here's the whole crew enjoying themselves, friendship, Doctoberfest beer on the hayride. What a great day. Well, there you go.
A brew day video from start to finish, including the keg tapping party. Did you enjoy that video? Is that something you'd like to see more of? Or what other beer brewing and bullcrap content would you like us to do? Let us know in the comments below or email us at blabbermall at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us on all the social media platforms and share this video with your friends if you like it. We need more subscribers. We need more fans. Until next time, stay malty, Cleveland.